0: Uh, so uh, good morning, and it's an honor uh, to be here with this community, and I'm um, just super thrilled to, uh, to share with you guys, uh, Kids Alive, and um, really I, one of the things I always like to do is um, see what's going on in a church, and I have really enjoyed Pastor Tony's last messages about who Jesus is. Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. Uh, Jesus is the resurrection. And Jesus is love. And I particularly loved how he uh, talked about um, last week, um, if you want to see what love is, look at Jesus, because love is something in action. And it's one of the things we talk about a lot in Kids Alive, uh, that love needs to look like something. And so what I was, I, was, I was thinking about a lot of the stuff that we, we are doing now in Kids Alive and what Dan was talking about. And one of the things we really focus on, Kids Alive, is, is our identity. Who are, we know who Jesus is. Who are we? And then how does that drive us? So that, that's what I'm going to share um, with you. Uh, as Dan said, I am um, president of Kids Alive. I've been president for uh, 18 months uh, before that, I spent uh, twelve years in um, Guatemala and a lot of what I'm going to share uh, was born out of um, working with an amazing team in Guatemala and working with primarily girls who had experienced literally the worst things in the world and And one of the things that we wanted them to understand is Identity, And so we talk about um, an identity of, for them, and we promote this with it all of Kids Live, regardless of our role. Whether it's a, a four-year-old in one of our preschool programs in Zambia, or whether it's me president in the U.S., of who am I in Jesus Christ? And we talk about that we are God's child, Uh, we are clean, Uh, we are chosen for a purpose, we are powerful, and we are uh, truly a masterpiece of creation. And so what I'm going to do over the next uh, little bit of time is kind of go into that and um, as a child of God, when we talk about who, can we go back one slide, I'm sorry, um, to, and I'll, I'll tell y'all when to advance Because I ramble, sorry <laughs> uh, Our first identity is being a child of God and it's from John 1:12. Uh, Yet yeah, To all who receive him, believe in his name He gave the right to become a child of God I love this picture because baptism is a huge thing One of, the, one of my great pleasures uh, I'm ordained, uh, I'm a pastor As well as president of Kids Alive and it's one of the great things we do is baptism of these children and parents. This is a picture of a baptism happening in a in tributary of the Amazon. And for these children who have come from, it, it, you know, it's what Dan talked about, and it's just really hard to describe with words, but truly some, some of the worst things in the world. To meet God and to hear his call and accept him and go down in that water and that beautiful symbol of death and rebirth. And I see these kids going down with tears in their eyes because they know what it is to be saved and they know what it is to find healing. And they know what it is to be called, you're my child, from a loving God. And and what we really pour into these children everywhere we work is that call of Jesus on their life to become his son or daughter. And then what that means. Next slide, please. That they are now image bearers. That they are anointed with a purpose. That they are invited by the Father to join him in his work. And they are known and loved. And it's so awesome. So many times we hear stories of families, as, as Stan was talking about. Families come to know Jesus because of the witness of their child and their family. And these kids start to live out one of these verses that, I, that I, I put on here, which quite honestly is a verse that I would not mind if it was blackened out of the Bible. Where Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's a pretty astonishing statement. How many of us, when we're discipling somebody, says, you want to know what Jesus looks like? Do what I do. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the honest truth about that. Because we say, oh, you know, don't follow me. Follow what's in the Bible. But then the Bible says, tell them to follow you. And, and we can super, especially this this verse here, we can super spiritualize that. Well, that was Paul. I mean, you know, St. Paul. But this is the same guy. You can, Tony, I'm sure lead you through some examples who evidently had a bit of a temper who wrote that I constantly do the things I shouldn't do and constantly don't do the things I should do and then he says but follow me as I follow Christ and so when we talk about this identity and, and particularly this identity of I am a child of God. I am an image bearer of God. I am a representative of God. Man, that comes with a lot of responsibility. And it's one of the things we don't shy away from is we're we're talking to kids and families. It carries a lot of responsibility. And so how do we do this? Say I'm a child of God, follow my example as I follow Christ. Well, I think one of the key parts of Paul's life, and it's a key part of what we teach. Go ahead to the next one. Is this idea of being clean. And quite honestly, I think it's something that that evangelical churches have kind of gotten away from as being confessional. And I think this is where um, we get the liberty of within all of our failings. All of those things of I constantly don't do the things I should do and I do the things I shouldn't do. It's the confessional part of our faith that allows us to say, but yeah, I'm, I'm following Christ. And so as we talk to kids around the world about um, you are called out by God to be his child. We also talk to them about what he offers you is to be clean. And, we, we, and it's, it's very easy for us. We look at this kid and we say, oh, this poor child, what has... He or she suffered. And forget their sinners too. And we tell kids, man, what was done to you is not a license for you to do unto others as they did unto you. And we talk to them about the cleansing that can come from Christ. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And one of the things that we talk with with, um, children and, and I've talked to a lot of single moms around the world too is really lean into this all unrighteousness because an unfortunate part of how this world is right now is my sins can damage another person and mark their life tremendously. And so one of the things that we talk about when we say you're a child of God and you're cleansed of all unrighteousness and this, this picture is, is from, um, I was sharing with, with um, uh, the kids in, in Guatemala and we were talking about this verse. And it's one of those times where I feel like I blurt out something and I blame it on the Holy Spirit and I hope it was him. Because then at the end of this, I said, okay, well, next week, I'm not going to say anything It's going to be for you. And y'all are all going to come up here and you're going to talk about an accusation, uh, identity that somebody put on you that Jesus has taken away. And you're going to, as Paul talked about in collusions, you're going to nail that to the cross. And I remember our devotional team, I could see their eyes and they were like. Because we hadn't talked about doing that. And then a a girl at the end of the service, she came up to me and she goes, I'm not doing that. And she turned around and walked out the door. So now I'm spending all week thinking I'm going to make this call and it's going to be crickets. So we start, we do our worship, we have our song. I say, okay, guys, it's your turn. And it was. I still get because um, it's one of the most holy moments I've ever had, seen of uh, members of our staff and these children coming up and said, "I thought I was trash and nailed that to the cross. I thought." I deserved what they did to me and nailed that accusation to the cross. I thought women were nothing and put that to the cross. And you know, if we're honest, we all just deal with the stuff it may have been from a parent or a teacher or in relationship of this accusation that the devil just uses against us over and over and over and over again to keep us thinking we're still somehow dirty or less than or stained to bind us up. And Jesus says in Colossians, he canceled the record of our sins and nailed it to the cross. Those accusations he killed. And I think Paul's understanding of this is why he could say, I'm all messed up, but still follow me. Go to the next slide. Because he talks about, and it's one of the things that we, I, I just believe is a big part, and it's a big part of what we're building within our culture at Kids Alive. It's just, man, admit when we mess up. And over and over, Paul, in, in the Bible, says, Confess your sins to who? To each other. Man, I, I messed up. To your wife. Hey, my wife's Janie. Hey, Janie, man, I screwed up. Yeah, I know, Corby. <laughs> but it, it begins the part of what? Healing. Right? Be humble and gentle. One of the things that I really feel like. And I believe it's a part of the core of our identity and the core of what God wants to do with us. It's this concept of humility. One of the things, working with traumatized kids, is I can boil it down to we operate out of two, two extremes. Over here is shame because of what I've done or because of what has been done to me, I operate out of shame. And when we operate out of shame, what do we do? We hide Adam and Eve. We blame others. Adam, hey, you're the one who set me up with this gal. Um, we lash out violently. Cain versus Abel. Or on this other end out over here, we operate out of humility. Yeah, I messed up. Help me be better. Yeah, I made a mistake. And when we do that, then we also see others for who they really are, and we're able to bear with each other. We're able to encourage each other. We're able to, whoops, was I doing that bad? Okay. (laughs) We're able to forgive each other. We're able to treat each other as Christ has treated us. This concept of really living into being confessional and admitting who we are, admitting my sins, and also admitting to the struggles I've had. At the end of the day, that's what Christian therapy is about. So when we have psychologists on our staff and we work with kids in trauma, we're just trying to have this environment where they can share what happened to them so we can help them in that cleansing process. Go to the next slide. Because we are chosen for a purpose. And I love this slide. The star of this picture is not that little girl in Peru. The star of that picture are the people around her. Because they've stepped into the anointing that God has given them that they are chosen for a purpose He appointed them to bear fruit and fruit that will last forever. And he appointed them to be ambassadors. Remembering, as Paul said, follow my example, because we're God's ambassadors. And and it's as if God is making his appeal through us. And we teach this to kids. We teach this into our staff. uh, We try to live this out at Kids Alive around the world that allows kids to bring their parents to to Christ. And it also gives them the power and hope to overcome incredible things. Where we have kids who grew up in our programs now doctors in a ministry. Kids who grew up in our programs, teachers in our programs. Kids who grew up in our programs, social workers to stand in the gap. I know a gal who was in our ministry in Guatemala. And she is now a prosecutor. Standing in the gap. For the kids who were suffered just like her. Because she is chosen for a purpose. And she stepped into her identity. As Christ's child. And she would not let the shame. Of what they did to her. Hold her back. Remember the next slide please. Because we are powerful. Next slide. Here we go. For I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Probably one of the most abused verses in the Bible, okay? I could pray this thing, this verse, every second, and I am not going to hit 400 in Major League Baseball. But what it does mean is that I can go through everything in life that God lays before me and do it with the grace and love and dignity and power. And so this is a picture of a, what a um, child wrote uh, before she was going into court to testify against the people who had done unspeakable things including murdering seven members of her family in front of her eyes for revenge. And she is in our program. And this was what she wrote just before she goes into court. I am clean. I am chosen for a purpose. I'm God's daughter. I'm loved. I'm powerful. I am David. So one of the things that we do, I believe in rituals, particularly liturgy, uh, particularly with kids. It helps them go from what happened in the world to spiritual to physical. And one of the things we would tell kids before they are, you're going into that courtroom like David went before Goliath. And truth are your stones. And I love what she said. I'm David. And I can beat this giant because God loves justice. And if God is with me, who can be against me? That's the power of identity. That's the power of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So around the world is one of the things we really want to bestow on kids is this identity of power so they have hope. They can have hope that they can break cycles. Like the mom was talking about who wanted to do just a simple thing. It's a statement of hope That she can break cycles of what she was living through. Go to the next slide, please. So this is what we are about at Kids Alive, both within teaching our staff, how we're going to live things out, and and what we're pouring into kids. 4,000 kids in our ministry every day, uh, around seven countries. 700 staff people. It's just important, as I said, for that preschooler is for the dir- director of a country to live into these identities. And the last one is um, masterpieces. For you, God's masterpiece, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Go to the next slide. Um, it's a bit dangerous to say this in a selfie culture, <laughs> but you are awesome. You really are. There's so many things about you that God poured in in his creation. We're the only thing that was made in the image of God. You may love your dog. Your dog may be awesome. Your dog was not given the image of God. Only you. And we were given the image of God to rule and partner with him in his amazing creation. Just us. Next slide. We are wonderfully complex. Just our hands, our eyes, our minds don't get caught up. Well, now they have supercomputers that do all this stuff. Who made the supercomputers? We are wonderfully complex. Our, the, the, this, this, you are just this marvelous creation. You really are. Go to the next slide, please. Um, I love this one, particularly out here. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars set in place, what are we that you should think about us, human beings that you should care for us? Yet you made us only a little lower than God and crowned us with glory and honor. These mountains, which are awesome, okay? The heavens declare the glory of the God, but they're nothing compared to what God did in creating you. It's pretty amazing stuff. Go to the next slide, please. So... um, I just a, just a little story about this concept, and it's one of the things kind of becoming a ritual at Kids Alive. Um, this is a picture uh, I've always loved. Uh, this is Monet, uh, Reflections of the Cloud on the Water Lilies. I would love to tell you I came by appreciation of this picture with pure motives, but I came appreciation of this picture in my French class in high school, and the reason why I took French was because our French teacher in high school was the stereotypical high school French teacher. So I wanted to be in her class. But she did this great um, piece of um, thing on French artists. And I just fell in love with this picture. And I thought, you know, it was like this. Something framed, you put around. I'd heard people who'd been to Louvre and seen the Mona Lisa, and they said it's like the size of a postcard. So I just assumed this is what it was. So I got a chance to go to, Museum of Art in New York and they had the Monet exhibit. They had the original. I walked around the corner and next slide. BAM! There it was. And I was like, wow! Wow! And in, in my point in this is if that is Our reaction to a painting by a man who was made by God. What should be our reaction to each other? Look at Tony. Yeah, wow. (laughs) Wow. Look at Christina back there. Just wow. Why don't everybody look to the lefty or the right and give them the wow that they deserve? (laughs) Because it is just wow. And go to the next slide. Because in this thing I'm talking about, we are God's masterpiece. It's so much bigger than our selfie culture. Tony and I were talking about this. You know, 20, 30 years ago, that's how old I am, we could have turned a camera around and taken a picture, right? The thought never occurred to us. And if it did, and I don't even know, I've never, and I thought about this, um, I don't even hear this term anymore. If you'd have done that and turned the camera around and taken a picture of yourself, you'd have said, oh, that person is stuck up. I never even hear that word anymore. It's like our culture just swept that away. So now we're all supposed to be regarding ourselves as the ultimate. This is not what God's talking about when saying that we are his masterpieces. We are his masterpieces that he created. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are masterpieces to do the things God calls us to do. We're not masterpieces to focus on our comfort and our pleasure. And I love comfort and pleasure just like everybody. One of my greatest things, I don't know, can I say wine here? I love a nice glass of wine with a really, really good cheeseburger. I know that sounds crazy. (laughs) But that, to me, is just like the banquet of God right there. (laughs) I love to have fun fly fishing. That is not what I was created for. And when we find that good work that God planned for us to do, it is not like walking around the corner of a museum and seeing a Monet. It's like walking around the corner of life in seeing a glimpse of eternity, of seeing Jesus. And I don't know what God's calling you to do. Um, I just encourage you to start seeking it out. You know, I, I, I was telling Tony a little, I'm gonna, I may be a little long, Sorry. Um, Are sorry. Am I? I don't know. Well, if you're not going to give me the hook, I'll go three more minutes. Because I, I, I was just sharing with, with Tony up in, in the room today, and, and it occurred to me this morning when I was kind of going through my thinking about today, um, I, I spoke to a group in Atlanta earlier this month. And it was mostly upper 20s, 30-year-old guys. And after I talked, you know, oh, that was great, you know, what, but, um, you know, what do I do? And I was like, well, you know, I'm here for Kids Alive so you can give us money. But, you know, the other part of it is... <laughs> the other part of it is, man, man, I don't know. But I said, here's... And it occurred to me talking to this one guy. I said, but let me ask you something. Over the last five to ten years, how many new hobbies or new experiences have you tried trying to find stuff you like to do? Oh, I said, how many different services... In God's kingdom have you tried to do? Jesus says, knock and the door will open. Seek and you will find. Ask and it will be given. So just try stuff on and man, you're going to find it. Where your heart and passion just collide in this beautiful thing with God's kingdom. And you're going to say, man, I cannot not do this. I cannot not work with these kids a Kids Life. I just couldn't. I couldn't quit if I wanted to. Had no idea God would call me out of Guatemala. Never intended to come back from Guatemala. No idea he'd call me out of Guatemala to, to a, another role in, in the organization as president. But man, I just couldn't, I cannot not do this. And I want that for everybody. So we got... You know, there are opportunities. Tony's going to talk. Opportunities, get involved with us. Man, I, I, obviously, I hope you do. If not, foster the city, man. Try it on. Work in kids' ministry here. The kingdom of God is near, and man, is it good. And it invites everybody into it to participate. And you just get to this thing and you just go, wow. Next slide. So so that's wherever you are in your life, you're God's child. You are clean. All those accusations, all those hurts in your life, Jesus wants to peel them away and you will, and, and to make you shine. You are chosen and anointed to do stuff that lasts for eternity. And you are more powerful than you can imagine when you are aligned with his kingdom. And wow. Wow, you are a masterpiece. So I want to thank you guys for for this time. This is, uh, um, let me pray. I think, is that the last slide? That's the last slide. We all learned how to do this in the restaurants. Um, but if you got this, you can do this. And I'm gonna say, man, if kids alive doesn't doesn't make your heart burst, try other stuff on. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Ask, and you'll be given something in the kingdom that is beyond your imagination. I'm an engineer from an ag school in South Carolina. And a year ago, I was meeting with the Attorney General of Guatemala. That is stupidly insane. (laughs) But it's because I stepped into the story of God. Lord, I thank you for this group. I thank you for their... um, I just thank you for the the spirit of this community and pray that we can be um, all in with you and seeking after you, and to know and understand um, your purposes in life. In in Christ's name, I, I just thank you for the honor of being able to share with them. Amen.